0: Yeah, no, it is a bit. Um...
1: Imagine Frank Sinatra. Right? That's right, <laughs> old.
0: old sc- yeah, like, yeah, you're right. I mean, it. Yeah, it's like something from the fifties, mm. uh, a little bit, my mic, which is which kind of suits suits your style. Yeah, no,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely the whole retro thing. It's yeah, something I really enjoy.
0: Because yeah, every every time I've seen you, and I guess I've seen you quite a few times you've been dressed in the 1950s, is that right? Mostly
1: 50s, 50s? sometimes I do a bit of 40s. Yeah, Yeah. it's
0: that cusp isn't it, of the two things?
1: Yeah it's funny too because the way way I dress is not as extreme as some of my friends some of my friends really dress very very much in that style where sometimes they might be accused of being in fancy dress which gets them very annoyed Yeah. but um, yeah, it's something I've always been kind of attracted to, it it suits my silhouette and um, I love the music and and the dancing is really fun as well. It's a really great scene in London. Hello,
0: I'm Dave. I'm the guy that's putting all this stuff together. I need to get better. Please make me better. I want to get better. Better. Better acquainted with Today we're getting better acquainted with Nicole. Uh, hello, Nicole. Hello, Dave. <laughs> um, the first question that I ask everybody is, how do you know me?
1: Rehab. <laughs> no, we met through Spark London. I accidentally happened to stumble into one of the nights there and liked it. I didn't get up on stage that time. And then I went another time and did get up on stage and um, been a few times now. And I really, really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, you mostly come to the Brixton ones, I think. Yes, Messy
1: really. Brixton, yeah. The other one is a little bit awkward for me to get yeah, there. No, yeah, I know. A lot
0: of people who live in uh, South London find the idea of getting to Hackney quite awkward, Yeah, um, I find. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I want to, though, because, I mean, uh, yeah,
0: no, there's it's some a, really great stuff well, out there. Well, it's, I think all, all three of the Spark Nights have a different flavour, uh, partly because of their location, partly because of their hosts as mm. well, so... Uh, I definitely would recommend everybody to checking them out. Uh, yeah, know. Find out more at www.sparklondon.com. Um, but yeah, no, so Spark London is a true storytelling night. And one of the things that I, I guess we find out at Spark London is uh, that we attract a lot of Americans. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> true storytelling is kind of more of a tradition in America, I guess.
1: Mm, it's interesting you say that. One of my, um, a colleague of mine that I used to work with... Um, her brother, uh, Derek Powazic, is really active doing st- storytelling in the um, San Francisco area. And the first storytelling thing I went to was a fray night in, um, in Los Angeles. And I got, that was the first time I ever got up on stage. And I really enjoyed it. And a lot of the people there were like, oh, you know, you really should come back. And at the time, I didn't, because I was one of those weird people in Los Angeles that didn't have a car.
0: Okay, yeah, no, they're, they're rare. They're right? very rare, yeah. Nice podcast listening. Yeah, I,
1: I, <laughs> uh, I, I, well, when I first moved there, I was going to graduate school, and so I was too poor to get a car, and I was close enough where I lived to walk to and from school. Um, and then when I got a job after graduate school, it was only a 45-minute bus drive to Pasadena, and I build up this really healthy fear of driving, which, you know, wasn't good. So I went for a very long time without driving. I think people may have thought that I had some deep start. Like, maybe I killed someone and I had this huge DUI or something. But no, I was just being lazy until I finally got a car. But, um, yeah, so I didn't go to the storytelling nights because it was just a bit difficult for me to oh, get hey. out there. So, yeah, it's kind of funny how if I'd had a car maybe I would have been more involved with it sure yeah Yeah. I
0: mean the thing about London I guess is one of the things I like about it as someone who doesn't drive is that it's a a good place to to get to places in the rest of the city it's so connected
1: amazing I know when people whinge about the the tube um, and I can understand we all can because it can be um, you know where you feel like you need to have a condom you're so stuffed in Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know Mm -hmm. next is the gentleman next to you Um, but when you consider the thousands of people that every day use public transport in London and how seldom things go wrong yeah, um, yeah it's I'm really really right. remarkable yeah so anyway I and I love the fact I can go from one end I mean yourself where you live coming you know to my place tonight yeah. today that you know you're able to get you know how many miles away yeah although Probably I didn't easily. do it very successfully
0: much later than I normally am for conversations <laughs> that's quite but, right but yeah um no you're right and that's one of the things I found coming here you know from not not london from another part of the country even mm-hmm. that suddenly you can go to so many more places so easily although it's funny because it does take you a long time to get to them yeah uh, it, like it takes an hour pretty much to get from to wherever you're going in in london but when i used to live in lancaster i could get to manchester in about an hour yeah is, there you go so is it
1: uh, lancaster where you're from
0: you no know? well no no oh god uh L- lancaster's where I went to university. Oh, okay. Where I'm from originally is a long story. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sort of from all over the country Fair enough. Uh, growing up. But, um, yeah, so the second question I ask everyone is what do you do now?
1: What do I do now? Uh, my proper job, um, I work as a search account manager at uh, at. Can we say the name? Yeah, you, know, you can oh, if you yeah. want to. This I work is at choice. Yahoo um, as yeah. a search account manager. Um, so you know when you do a search online and it says paid listings. So I'm responsible for um, making sure that everything is working for the you know the accounts, and then also to try to encourage my my clients to um, use more products and spend more money. So it's a mixture of customer service and sales. Again. so it's it's like uh, mad men only with bad clothes <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did so. you uh, did you sort of come to the UK because you were working for Yahoo or did you start working for Yahoo because you were in the UK or? Uh,
1: a mixture so <laughs> um, I so I started a little company called goto.com and this is before Google was a verb um, in 99 and it, I fell into the job uh, when I graduated from the American Film Institute and I needed a job because my evil Boyfriend, I'd had the time, had uh, borrowed a lot of money from me, and so a lot of the money I'd put aside to live on, I had to go back to work a little bit sooner than I wanted to, which is, you know, fine. And so the big thing was okay, do I get a bullshit job working in the film industry um, where I'll become bitter and angry, or do I get a bullshit job and write on the side? And so I fell into this job at uh, GoTo, which later became a company called Overture. They changed the name, and then Yahoo bought us. And because it was, it was, you know, this is before the, the internet crash first happened in, you know, the late 90, 99. But we kept getting bigger and bigger. It was huge. Things were going well. And all of a sudden you look up and a lot of time's gone by. And you haven't really been doing a lot of writing. And it seems like this is your career. And Wook sent me over here for three months in spring of 2004. Just, you know, for a three-month training. Like, you know, I was sharing knowledge. You know, basically a three-month jolly. And I met a boy. Um, when I was here and, uh, let myself get sucked into a huge drama of, you know, meeting someone and deciding, okay, we were going to be together and, um, ended up moving over here the next autumn. So he's gone, but I'm still here. (laughs) Um, and then when I, I, um, ended up then working for Microsoft and then a couple of years ago, I went back to Yahoo Um, So there's this whole thing in the search. This will be very boring to everyone. (laughs) For search engines, the paid search, and also the regular search, it's now being run, basically, uh, by Microsoft. But then the account management stuff is is handled by Yahoo for certain advertisers.
0: Oh, that is actually, that interests me a little bit. mm -hmm. Because, I mean, that's slightly counterintuitive to what I would expect, because Microsoft's got Bing... As well, and things, a search engine as well. Yeah, as, so that's interesting. So, okay,
1: quick history of searches. <laughs> so, uh, before uh, Google became a verb, so it was go .com, and GoTo only had paid search listings, and they weren't a portal, so they weren't a destination place. So, basically, the way they made their money was with business development deals, and so one of our our partners was at Microsoft, and then also Yahoo. So, um, on Microsoft and Yahoo, they were that's where the paid listings came in. And then Google saw that business model and took it and tweaked it a little bit and ended up having to pay a lot of money back to Yahoo when Yahoo bought us because they kind of stole a bit of the copyright for the, that's another story. And when Yahoo bought us, Microsoft were like, okay, wait a minute, we feel really uncomfortable about, here's one of our our competitors, Um, we're going to create our own search engine. so Microsoft went off and created their own search engine. And that's what eventually became Bing. And then Yahoo, when they were having, um, you know, in the past, you know, some 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 different things, bits of drama that were going on, they went into what was called the Search Alliance, which now that's where we're at now. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's, yeah. It's not. It's so
0: not interesting. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it, it's interesting in that it's information that I didn't know. So yeah. I think yeah. think that, that is interesting Fair in that right. respect. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you're you work for Yahoo mm-hmm. as your day job, but, and you also you know you, you said you studied film yeah. I know from a previous conversation we had outside the Canal Cafe Theatre <laughs> uh, that you write plays or you mm. have written plays
1: I have yeah I have another masters because I want to be extra useless in, <laughs> um, in playwriting right, or so. theater emphasis so yeah I it's been a couple of years since I've written um, um, a play I I finally, like when my marriage was falling apart, um, I it kind of helped me survive that a little bit, the focus that I put on it, um, and I got a lot of really good food feedback from it, and at one point, it was all gone home, and I kind of let life derail me a little bit, and I haven't been writing as much well hardly other than the well-written email recently so um now the things are a little bit more at an even keel um, with work and life and, and everything yeah the, yeah
0: these things that get in the
1: way of writing all the time yeah well, they do and it's also um i'm inherently lazy <laughs> to be really honest to be really really frank it really comes down to the fact that i i am much if i can come home and just sort of relax with a glass of wine watch a little bit of tv then go to bed Um, to yeah the work that goes into sitting down and and crafting yeah sure (laughs) Um, and and then that that falls on me it falls
0: on me yeah yeah fair enough yeah I mean so I mean did you why did you like how did you come to be studying film and and, and plays and stuff like that I mean how did that how did that come to your radar?
1: Well, initially, I wanted to be an actress. So right. in high school, I did I did theater and also did creative writing. I wrote really bad poetry.
0: Um, <laughs> I think I, most writers did. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's
1: prerequisite. Yeah, uh, you can't get through puberty without writing some really bad poetry. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, so yeah, I wanted to be an actress. Um, and went to uni in a really small uh, liberal arts school in uh, Utah, of all places, uh, Southern Utah University. And, um, after my freshman year, I'd been in a play and, you know, had been doing a few things and, you know, did fairly well in play. Um, although the character had a British accent, I'm, I hate to think what my, my 18 year old, 19 year old self, what my British accent was <laughs> yeah, my, like. So, I
0: had a, I had a, I, I did parts that were American when I was around that age yeah. and I'm sure it would have, have been bad, but I felt it was good at the time. Yeah, at so, the time you think you're amazing. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but it was funny the summer, um. Uh, that summer I was kind of reflecting a little bit and and thinking okay where do you want to be when you grow up and I sort of realized that I didn't enjoy the rehearsal process and if you are an actor and you don't enjoy the rehearsal process you really should not be doing that Mm. because that's where it's all at I think if I were to go back to it now it would be a different story but um, at the time, I just wasn't digging it. And I, I don't know, maybe it was a situation with the particular director of that play, or, you know, it probably was something deeper with me. So I switched my major to English literature, which had always, at that point, been my minor. So that way, all those credits I'd been taking with my theater classes, they weren't wasted. And luckily, the head of the department was a wonderful poet named David Lee. He writes these, this amazing poetry It's in the vernacular of a pig farmer, and he was a Milton scholar, so a lot of this stuff, while, yeah, it's talking about you know, these characters that work on a farm, there's a lot of like really, classical stuff that's going on, and there were a lot of really amazing teachers at that school. So I, I was very, very lucky that I'd gone to one, one school because it was a good theater department, because the Shakespeare Festival was there, and fell into this really amazing English department. And I needed to uh, take a genre class, and that quarter it happened to be playwriting. And I discovered that I had an ear for heard speech and could make people laugh and I got a huge high out of writing dialogue and then you just sitting back in the audience and watching the actors work, and then actors even then taking your blueprint and turning it into something else and by playing you know their verbs and making something amazing yeah, and amazing. yeah and I got a huge high out of that, and so I went on to graduate school and for for theater with playwriting and then uh
0: yeah, that's how I kind of just stumbled into it. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, I, I, I write plays. No, I, mm. I wrote, wrote plays. I guess from when I was a teenager, because I think, because um, I, I started off with poetry, like uh, mm. everyone sadly does, um, and I wrote stories. I think when I was a child, growing up in primary school, but yeah, um, but I guess through through the drama department, through acting and stuff that's when i realized that i could like what 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 plays were how they functioned mm. So sort of, as i learned that i got that uh buzz for writing stuff and giving it to other people and then having it transformed into something that you didn't even expect it to be and then you know
1: exactly and that
0: process as well I, like i've done a lot of directing and i like i like directing of like so you it's like you give them the words; they give you something back. Then you give them something back, and it's like t- sort of tennis. It's like a, it's a really uh, great way of collaborating. I find
1: amazing, and yeah, and when you're in a room and you see two actors really listening to each other and and they're playing their verbs, it's there is nothing more electric. Um, it's yeah, truly, really, truly, really when you see good work.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I, bet, I mean. It, i guess like it wasn't something i expected when i was a kid it wasn't something i realized like i didn't realize theater i didn't really know about theater very much when i was a kid but when i became a teenager when i sort of went into school that's when i started knowing about like being in plays and yeah. stuff that's that was the direction i came to it that's
1: really cool
0: which is weird because like th- like plays is a little well like poetry they're more niche than they once were let's say in terms of the public's interest in them mm. i mean would you say would you do you think that's the case or well
1: it's interesting i i and i don't really feel like i know enough about i mean you know a fair bit um i'm not as involved in the scene as i should be it's amazing now with the internet how much more information is there and yeah. i do it frustrates me that when i you know because i'm now older and that when i was coming up and i was young there were i didn't perceived that there were a lot of the programs for people who were in their twenties and they're young, and now there's all these like programs for you know things for these you know young youngsters, and it's like okay that's amazing, but there's a lot of b people that might be a bit older, and I really I do worry that maybe that at a certain point when someone's a bit older there isn't an opportunity. But you are right in that the sense back in the day Harold Pinter was a house name that people knew who Harold you know, who Harold yeah. Pinter was, whereas now a lot of playwrights that are out there that they don't have that house name you know but that people go in
0: musicals though still yeah i guess there is still theater in people's lives it's just when people think of the word theater they think it's not something that they want to go to see that's the problem that i grapple with as a playwright uh,
1: yeah, yeah i imagine <laughs> i think it might be something even larger though where it's not just about theater or in terms of novels i mean you look at the 50s and 60s where novels i mean how huge they were and, and, yeah. and people your average person would be able to speak about it or um, I, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. The more availability of information, sometimes it seems like less we know. I I, I don't know. And well,
0: I think it gets more um, more fragmented as well, doesn't it? Because because yeah. like, cause, because you can find exactly your taste. Mm. You sort of end up with these kind of pockets of people like like podcasting people who listen to podcasts. Yeah. Like that. That's a community, but that's not a a mainstream art form I guess. No,
1: that's very true. Currently.
0: Yeah who knows <laughs> um, but I mean I guess television is the thing that we all we all can still talk about and it definitely is the heyday for television well. oh
1: there's so many amazing shows I would love on. to
0: get involved in television because it's such a uh, such a powerful medium at the moment like it's never it hasn't found its voice I don't think television has found its voice to, uh, this is nothing original everyone's saying this now mm. aren't they? but like the last 10 years TV's really uh, becomes become our like I guess, like the nineteenth-century novels. Like, like I think
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, there's some really. I mean, oh you know, gosh, think what well, he started out in theater, right? Um, Sorkin. Um, yeah. You know, and there's a lot of people, you know, really good storytelling. Or, I, which I'm, am ashamed to admit this, but I haven't seen The Wire yet. Oh wow. Um, yeah. It's
0: a, well, it's a good treat to have in the future. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish I hadn't seen it so I could see it again. There
1: you go. I mean, when it was on mm-hmm. in America, it was on. Um, I want to say it was on Showtime, and I didn't have Showtime. I kept hearing how amazing this was, and I was like, wow, well, I'll, I'll wait. And um, when I moved here, it had been a good two, three years since it had been on the air, and then all of a sudden, everyone was talking about The Wire. Um, but from what I've heard about it, as I understand it that it, it is the whole thing is almost like a novel yep, in terms of how it breaks out definitely. Um, and I just need to sit down with you know a few um, a few days to myself yeah and, I think so like three my...
0: episodes in and then you'll just basically get, that's what I, like once you get to like three episodes in and you're taken with it that's when you get to the point where you just abs- it absorbs your life mm. uh, if you've got that uh, time to give to it you know? yeah yeah um, yeah no I mean that's the thing with I mean we're finding it's really hard to do all the things we do and fit in time for box sets or whatever, <laughs> like, which we love but yeah uh yeah so um I guess so there's a there's a few bit different bits of your life that I kind of know of that mm-hmm. I'm going to sort of ask about but sure. so I guess one of the other things is this um this like dance stuff that you do and yeah. like that which ties in I guess with your 50s style mm-hmm. um what 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 is what is that that movement I guess? Or, yeah, uh, community it's, that you're in.
1: It's amazing here in London. There's a huge vintage. Well, not just in London, the UK, um, and like I guess it's one of the revivals happened in the '80s, which was enormous around like the whole '50s movement. And I have a few friends that were around when that was happening, um, and it differently, like hit America. Maybe because it started there. I don't know. It's interesting how um, here in the UK, there's the, the, this weird nostalgia for America and American things in that yeah. sense um and maybe I don't know maybe because in the 50s in America was completely different from the 50s here yeah um in so many ways um but yeah it was something I just sort of stumbled into um I always sort of had an, um, um, an attraction to the style and again like I said it suits my 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 figure and um I'd always wanted to start dancing, and then um, when, I, when I saw the film um, Swingers, did, do you know it?
0: I, I know of it, but I haven't seen it's it. It's a so.
1: really lovely, sweet little film, um, John Favreau, it has the most uncomfortable scene where he meets this really lovely girl in, in a bar, and he gets her number, and he calls her that night stupidly, and then he gets cut off. And he calls back again, and it happens like... twenty. It's, 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 it's cringeworthy. It's it's really... Um, but anyway, at the end of a lot of people... It, it sparked in the 90s um, a bit of a, a dance revival for right. a little while in America. I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Of course, I never did it. Um, I think I went to one dance class, and it was a Lindy class, and I just wasn't having a good time. And Lindy can be a lot harder to jump into. Um, it's a lot more involved, a lot of footwork. Um, when I moved here, I started... I don't know why, but I started doing a search um, um, and wanted to start learning to dance. And I fell into uh, where where I go, at hula boogie. It's a, a club. It's once a, a month in uh um, Southland and Pacific on a Sunday. And the woman that runs it, Julie, does uh, drive classes, and had a great time. But then, you know, my my husband at the time, he he didn't want to come out dancing, and I was too. Shy and nervous. I don't know what about, about going out socially dancing by myself. Okay. So I want to go out socially dancing. No. So this is back in like oh, 2005. We're talking about. So for about three, four years, I would go to level one, and with Julie, and then not go out dancing. And like six months would go by. I'm like, I really want to do this. And I would go back again. And Julie would like later. She's like, she's told me, Oh, here's Nicole again. Okay. <laughs> and I did. Then eventually, I like, went into level two. And um, when I had broken up with my husband, I had moved into my flat and was getting my life put back together. Um, I was walking along the uh, South Bank for the Mayor's Festival and there was some dancing that was outside the uh, the Tate Modern. And I looked over and I, I, I saw a couple of people that I had recognized from previous times where I'd done classes and they were dancing I was like, I want to be one of those people. I, I want to be able to do that. And um, I just got off my ass and went and then started going out socially dancing. And it's very scary at first when you're when you're a bit nervous about walking to a club it's right. like and it feels a little bit like it's a bit clicky um and so there were a couple of us that we started talking to each other, and then as other new people started coming in, we saw, okay, that's someone new, and we went out of our way to talk to them and now there's this whole group of us, and now we're part of it as well and it's 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 really amazing that I have friends now you know couple are architects, you know, a couple of teachers, one guy is writes articles about rock music, um, people from all sorts of walks of life that I now call my good friends. And
0: I, for an interest, exactly yeah. that yeah. I never
1: would have met. And what's really lovely when you go out dancing, it's not about when what we call it an this is going to sound horrible. A normals club, um, you know, where it's like awful. You have black IPs. I apologize to anyone that loves the black IPs. I quite like some of those. Yeah, I? yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> those sorts of clubs, if you go to them, it's often all about someone trying to get in your pants. Oh, and
0: yeah. whereas we go out that's dancing
1: true. at a Lindy or a drive club, it's about having a good dance, and having a good time. Um, and of course, there's some relationships that happen out of it, but that's not the end goal. Um, and it's just—it's really fun. It's honestly—it's one of those things that I dare anyone to go to a, a 50s night, and it, you'll want to. It. It, and it'll happen often. You'll—you'll you'll see someone that doesn't know how to dance, and they'll get up and they'll be trying to dance. And I think that's amazing—that the the music just gets you wanting to move. It's just such a happy thing. So
0: it's amazing. I—I I, I mean, this is the second conversation we have had with someone who does this kind of dancing, mm. and the like. Uh, the passion that it seems to inspire in people is is amazing. I really like to hear it because I mean, I mean, it. I'm no, I'm never going to go just because I don't have the time to to get have another yeah. interest. But I really wish I had that time because the way that, that people keep talking about it, yeah. it makes it sound amazing.
1: Well, if you'd like to, you know, I'll let you know whether <laughs> so you could just even want to hang out and have a beer and we can sure. have a chat
0: and you can watch in that sure. way. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I, I mean, my my kind of diet dancing is going to a, a, a weird. Kind of like a, a, it's going to somewhere that doesn't play back black IPs, but like yeah. plays kind of weird music that you can flail about to. I guess like what? Um, I don't know. I haven't been clubbing in ages, but like I like to dance to dance like rock or rock or dance music, you know, okay. like a bass kind of beat oh, okay. dance music. Um, but I do like fifties music, so I should try. I should try and go outside my comfort zone. I just, I guess, I like music that I'm always scared of dance that involves steps and rules Mm. and stuff i like to just throw my body around
1: and that's yeah totally and especially i mean if you are in partner dancing you know um uh, uh, if you are the lead you're you're responsible for making the follow kind of there are certain rules but then once you know the rules then you can break them um, i don't sound clumsy
0: Uh, i do i like i did some salsa for a bit and that always used to stress me out when i used to dance with the like the other partners yeah uh, like the, with, with the women and then you, they'd swap round and that would be like oh great so there's what like 15 women here so I'm going to be able to be clumsy with 15 <laughs> different women as we go around. Oh, like you anything know.
1: though too, you have to keep working at it and then you learn <laughs> I, mean, it, I remember when I first got to the point with dancing and I'm certainly not amazing um when I felt it was almost as if you were moving to a different country and you could suddenly conjugate verbs. Well, I finally got to the point where I was like, wow, I didn't suck so bad tonight. This is good. <laughs> um, and it is hard because my, my partner, he dances. And so when we, when we go out, um, I, we both need to make sure we dance with other people because you get so used to the other person. Mm. And they're sing- every, every person you dance with, they can do the exact same move. But it will feel differently. Every 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 lead has a different signature. Every, like, every follow does as well. Yeah. yeah, no,
0: absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, the way that the last, like, because I had a conversation with a, a girl I went to university with who discovered dancing, like, since I'd known her, she'd got into jive dancing and Lindy mm. and all that stuff. Oh, wow. And, uh she still says like dance is like a conversation and so mm. like each person would have would have to bring themselves to that conversation completely yeah yeah
1: there's this one he's such a nice man a little bit i talked to so i was out last night um one of the clubs i go to is um uh the, the club is called diamond jive and our friend frankie runs it he's a lawyer he does it purely out of love so it's amazing it's, he does it twice a month the work that goes into it um and one club is in Tolls Hill and the other is in uh in Burra, um, a pub called the Libertine. And that's where we were last night. And there's this one gentleman. And he's a really nice man, but he's a bit of a rabbit the way he, he, he dances. And okay. I just I I've, I've tried a couple of times, but sometimes it feels like he's gonna rip my arm out of the socket and beat me with it. It's just yeah, okay. it's just where you get to the point where you're like, Okay, I just can't I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, I can't I can't dance with this gentleman. And I'd hurt my knee in the autumn, and I was out of dancing for a little while, and I was actually saying last night to park for my partner. I'm like, okay, I just don't want to have to tell him no if he comes, because I just don't want to take the chance with my knee. Um, yeah, okay. Because uh, every time anyone asks me to dance, I always say yes, um, because I just that's just how I am. So I don't want to be that person, but I just I don't want to dance with him. <laughs> he scares me. Anyway.
0: Okay, cool. I mean, did, well, did you did you manage to avoid? I
1: managed it? to avoid him. Yeah, there was a couple of times he glanced over, and I, I very quickly turned and and drank my Guinness. And you see, that would
0: have that would have distressed me as well because I'm that's like, I don't like. I guess it's the other way. I wouldn't necessarily be in a situation where I have to be uh, worried about rejecting someone, though. I guess I'd be in the position of being worried about being rejected if I was like at one of these kind of things. Of like, yeah. that always stresses me out enough. In the uh, in the ro- in the romantic sphere, that's always. True, <laughs> oh let alone like just putting yourself on the line for for, for just dancing. the dance, yeah.
1: Although other women ask as well, you have to.
0: <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, yeah. and that's good. I mean, and I mean, there's also. I mean, Louise is quite kind of interested in um, the kind of gender politics of dance, and so mm. she was talking a lot about um, clubs where you, you switch and you can have switching between um, clubs like. Where, Dances where women dance the fo- the lead, and mm. sometimes men dance the follow, and all sorts. Oh, of that's interesting. Yeah, no, she's. Um, I would recommend her episode. To yeah, you, no, um, definitely. Because you, yeah.
1: My friend, um, uh, one of my friends, Sully. She's Argentinian um, and uh, raised in America, but when uh, I guess in Ar- uh, Argentina, until you're good enough, all the men have to follow. Until they're a bro how how is decided that you? Yeah, you know, but it, which is kind of an interesting. Yeah, it, which it's because it's not easy being a follow it you it really you, you know and because sometimes you do there's been times where i'll accidentally misread something and or i'm i'm thinking something and i do something where i'm actually then leading which is you no, know, i can't do that
0: yeah. we were sort of saying off mic before we started recording that mm. uh one of the things that's interesting about the kind of combination of Sparkland and and getting better acquainted is that i know like quite deep complicated things about the people I'm talking to um, even though I don't know them very well so I mean I've met you quite a few times I guess now but uh, and I've heard a few of your stories but that's the only real context we know each other from Mm. and the sort of the last story I I heard you tell it went out on the Spark London podcast uh, you named it which is an excellent name uh, the cookie monster wasn't Mm. it? And I heard I've heard you do that story twice, I guess, in different ways, um, because you did it at the Brixton Open Mic, and Jana Yates was there, uh, who runs and She was like, "Do you want to do it at the uh, at the Canal Cafe?" Which is one of the reasons we have the open mics. Mm-hmm. That's a, and that that was, I mean, that is an amazing story. I mean, not necessarily an amazing l- experiences to have, had, although I'm sure they were amazing in them but yeah, yeah. Uh, it certainly is a, a striking story let's say because um, it's it's not that ra- That it's not that uh, it's not it's not most people's experience let's say
1: uh, yeah their father yeah goes off the rails and attacks someone who's sitting in jail waiting to uh, see what's going to happen yeah yeah there we go yeah <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah no um, well,
0: that's as, as, good, as good a way of, to jump into it as any I yeah guess. so I mean, I mean, obviously, your father has had like no. So, uh, I'm trying to think of how to tell this, how to have the have conversation about the yeah, story. Yeah, kind That's of like always,
1: jump in. Well, let you know. It's always
0: a weird one. But to do you have a question about,
1: about it, or is it something that maybe well, that might be a
0: I mean, I, I I I I have questions about all of it in a way. Just like, but it's hard for me, like, because without the like to keep in my head the narrative of of what happened i don't know so sure, maybe sure. maybe we should so, go yeah, with just a, really quickly a recap
1: yeah of course <laughs> um so my my parents were always a bit of a fraught relationship um my mom when i was growing up was um now i realize there was a lot of stress my father was putting her under but it was always um little things she would get very very um she couldn't handle and but then big things she'd be great like when I once accidentally set the carpet on fire she was great about that but times when you know she might come in and your room be a bit messy and she'd go mental. Um, and And right, now, yeah. realizing that there was probably a lot of depression that was going on a lot of pressure my fathers put on her and and um, and she 's my mom and I have a great relationship, um, and she actually a few years ago apologized for a lot of the stuff that went down when we were growing up, which I think was really huge That's a of, really a lot huge, of parents yeah. don 't yeah and it, and it was a pol- an apology without the but I did a lot of things right, which you know and, and you know and, and being a parent 's bloody hard yeah you know i Um, I don't, um, I'm, I'm 42 years old and I look at a lot of my friends that have children and I, it's, it's hard work and it's, yeah. Uh, but my dad, um, he would often, um, kind of put us against my mother in ways where he was the cool guy and he was, but there was always something kind of a little bit off. And for example, I went on a uni and my dad, they were moving to Tucson and for a while, my dad was living in Tucson while they were look, trying to sell the house in Las Vegas where I grew up. And I just knew that my dad was fucking about. I just knew it. Um, and I didn't talk to my mom about it. Later years, I did. I was like, okay, there's something going on. Um, I think he he was just enjoying being the single guy. You could tell. Mm. Anyway, my parents split up uh, the summer that I graduated from from uni and. Um, they'd moved back to Las Vegas and my mom had basically put her foot down and was like, okay, we need to get on top of our spending. Um, cause they had sold the house and they basically the, the house, they had to sell it less for what they paid for it. Um, she's like, we're gonna get on top of our credit cards. We're gonna get on top the spending. This isn't going to happen anymore. And he basically, I think because she put the, her foot down, decided to leave, um, Years later, discovered that he'd been having an affair with someone else during all this time period, and had claimed to to the person he was you know with that he was already divorced. Um, any, anyway, just so the relationship with my father became very competitive. It was weird. Like before he left my mother, I he and I were hanging out in a bar. So I was at this point I was twenty one, and uh, about a year before he left her, and he started he was asking me about my classes, and he started trying to almost like intellectually compete with me and I was like I just want to have a chat with my father I don't want someone yeah, it was weird and then another time I'm, I remember he actually said you know men don't like a woman who's really mouthy and I was just sort of like really so this is when I was in graduate school after he left my mom and I was like okay because I could be a bit mouthy you know um, I'm not obnoxious I don't think but I can definitely speak my mind some men
0: like wealthy women anyway yeah there you go and um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean like, just like as some women like mouthy uh, yeah, men it's, this is true this is yeah
1: but it's not it's false the last to, it's thing you expect your comparison. fucking father yeah, yeah, to tell yeah. you to tell you basically he was telling me to shut up
0: yeah sure he was yeah um, in a in a, in a, in, in a gendered been, way you know? yeah exactly so
1: <laughs> I I after one too many times too many <sighs> scenes like that I um my car was dying. and It was the car my parents had given me when I graduated from um, from uni. And it would have been the family car. Um, it was in like an 85 Chevy Blazer and it had been a builder. So it basically had basically been a car that had been wrecked and they built it. Um, and I had to borrow thousands of dollars from my mother because the car had an oil leak. It had, a, it had no Freon. This is a Vegas. No Freon, no air conditioning. Okay. Not pleasant. And um, it just was at the point where where I was, I was living with my mother at the time, because when um, my my father left, I basically moved in to take care of her a bit, and make sure, because I was staying with someone else, and I could have moved into a million more places, but it was, she needed it, Yeah. Um, and it was actually really good for us, because we came very close out of that. At this point, my, my, my now stepfather is, is living in the flat as well, and I'm going to be probably moving closer to, um, to uh, the school. But my mom was like, Why don't you call your dad and see if he knows I'm going to use cars and um, maybe he can help you out? And when I called and he started saying, Oh, I, I, I worked it out for your car to get fixed and you weren't there. You didn't show up. I'm like, What are you talking about? You're making this up. You're just lying. And I can't remember who hung up on who, um, but that was the last time I properly spoke to my dad. So it was a stupid argument, but it was, it was a culmination of so many things where he was just being a complete twat. And, um, yeah, so I, I cut him off, uh, but my sisters didn't. And um, you know, every time I would talk to my nana, his mother, um, my grandmother, she'd often mention him. And and she, but she was really cool that she didn't force me or force the issue. She would just often mention him, and I would you know, I would let it go. I wouldn't I wouldn't get upset yeah. or anything. Just let it let it go. Um, so the last chapter that we're at. Um, he, uh, I, I guess, has developed a bit of a drinking problem. And uh, his current wife is... I, I don't even know if she's in a wheelchair or what the deal is. He takes care of her. I, I really don't understand. I don't really know. Um, but I guess my dad was driving along, drunk, and he fired at someone. Um, luckily, missed. And uh, then that, that person called the police, let them know there's... And he gave them a description of this individual... And then later on, he got in a traffic accident, uh, rear-ended another woman, um, and then when she got out of the car, he assaulted her. And um, so he has a black belt in karate, which I didn't mention in the, the story. Okay. Um, and he, he has apparently broken her face in, in a number of places. Did he, like,
0: kick her then? Or, like, I have absolutely no know, idea. You just heard that you've had to piece this all together from... This is all
1: Chinese whispers. Yeah. I'm getting this from my sister, who got it from the lawyer. That's um, right. So I... I, and I don't even know how much of that is, you know, true. So he, um, his, his um, next court date's in mid-May. So yeah, at that point we'll find out what's happening. I mean, it's his first time maybe he's ever been arrested, but given the severity, I mean, he's he's been sitting in jail on seventy thousand um, dollar b- bond since you know late February.
0: Yeah, I mean, it does seem like a serious incident. It's fairly, in the, in the yeah. Endless- Yeah, he's rear-ended a car and then assaulted someone. Well,
1: one, the gun, and then two... um, Yeah,
0: the gun as well. Yeah, it's
1: four four counts, and, and, um, yeah. I mean, a little bit of research I've done online, yeah, he's, he's, he's probably going to be going to jail. Yeah, I'd be very, very surprised if he doesn't.
0: And, I mean... I mean, it must be very strange to not be in contact with somebody but know these things are happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, I do... I feel bad that I don't care more. I mean, I, 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 I care about my grandmother yeah. very much. She's 93. I mean, when I talk to her, um, and I need to give her a call, actually. Um, it's been a few weeks, and I, I ought to. Um, and, and she... Because one of the things, when my, my dad was going on and on about... He, he it started this whole thing saying to my grandmother about how he... How his father had, had beaten him up, and, and then my then my dad actually claimed that when they were in the Philippines, because my grandfather was a, a Navy um, officer, and he, they lived all over the world, and my father claimed when he was a little boy that he snuck off the base and he killed someone. My grandmother was like, are you insane? This didn't happen. So I do wonder if there's something going on with him, whether it's alcohol, um, it's causing some dementia of some sort, I, I, for him to be making up these stories to my grandmother, I, I do work, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But he's also been one, even when I was growing up, would often create these huge stories and dramas where he was always like the hero of it all. So he has this, has this been something that's always been a, his pathology? I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, it, I mean, it, that's the thing. It must be very strange because you, you know, you you only know what you hear about what's going on with him, but also, you you know, you don't... I mean, how, how long is it since you've seen him?
1: Like? Um, 1994. So... Oh God. Yeah, so, so I was 20... Yeah, yeah, long, long time. Over, over
0: 15... <laughs> nearly 30, 20 years. Nearly 20 years, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've been five million people since then. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, you, you just think and so is that. he probably. So is he, yeah. So yeah, no, I and I have no interest in in um, rekindling a relationship. I do worry about my sister. Um, and getting pulled into it all and, and, you know, wanting to fix things. But um, but I respect her decision wanting to reach out to him as well. Um, and that's kind of how she is. She's very much a, she's a healer and wants people to be happy and wants things to be, she's a bit of a hippie. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean that in the best way. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah. And, I,
0: and I, 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 I took it in the best way, actually. Because, yeah. I mean, it's like some things about... Like- the idea of hippies are, can be really annoying, but there's this other part of it which is like, <clears throat> I wish I could be that forgiving or that kind of, you know, yeah. like, that kind of thing. Oh, thank you very More much. More that one. Yes, please. That would be excellent. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So I mean, I guess like, so they they split up at the end of your at the end of your university mm-hmm. and stuff. So they were together, kind of all of your uh, all of your childhood. But not all of your sister's childhood. No, yeah, I, that's I true. So well, that's, um, that might be part of the.
1: Yes and no. I mean, um, so Tara's only two years younger than me, okay. and Missy's fifteen months younger than her. So right, so not all of you very much when
0: you do, all just about leaving home time. Yeah. I mean, like, do you recognise the like the reports are very out like it's quite outlandish behaviour, shooting at someone and Mm. assaulting someone and these sort of things. I mean, do you reckon, like, does that make sense from the the father you knew before you?
1: Yes and no. I mean, I'm not... How do I explain this? I just... I... I found out later that a lot of the work done on our house, my father... Financed through stealing things and selling them on to other people for for trade. Wow! I found that out. So this is probably stress my mother was going through. Um, you know. So um, and then you know, given the stories where you know he he made up these huge stories about you know how he he claimed to. Have been in Vietnam when he hadn't been you know the the, the the I mean the fact that for a good year year and a half he was leading this dual life with this other woman claiming to have been a divorced man um, that's I don't know how the hell he managed to do that mm-hmm. I mean um, how do you I mean I don't know how
0: light in your mind in kind of ways and like like being that I guess, lying that, that successfully.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, too. I mean, I, I do think that a lot of men have a, a problem also with their daughters when all of a sudden they become grown up hmm. and and when they become sexual people. I mean, oh, definitely. I, um, I remember my 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 uni boyfriend, we were visiting my parents, and at the time they were living, because the, they just moved back from Tucson, and they were living in a, a two-bedroom um, apartment, and so my sister was in the other bedroom, and uh, so my, my boyfriend and I, they'd given us the sofa bed. And this is kind of a big deal for us to be, you know, so we're kind of like out there in the middle, you know, we were, you know, fully clothed, wearing pajamas and whatnot. And I remember my father <laughs> coming out of his bedroom, just kind of looking at us with a look of complete, he looked so angry. And I, you know, I just, I and I don't, does that then connect back to the whole, you know, some women don't want women to shut up, or, you know, wanting, his daughters to still be the little girls that were looking up at him and believing every bullshit thing coming out of his
0: mouth yeah that that makes sense to me like in terms of the way I mean because it I've never really understood that Uh, I know a lot of people have it um, and and women have it about their sons quite uh, sometimes although less frequently and in a a different way Um, but but I've never understood the idea of like when you're family become se- like sexually active like why would that why would that bother you <laughs> like i mean i guess there's limits and like obviously but, of course, but it's yeah. and it's complicated and i mean i do have that thing though as a man like i guess like i do feel protective a little bit about the my my little sister or my nieces and and stuff like knowing that that the world is not necessarily always safe yeah. for women or that uh men aren't always very nice to women. Fair enough, yeah. Um but I but that protectiveness would never like that's just something that I would feel I think I feel that for my nephew. I think I feel that yeah. for, for for either gender. But it, it should never get to a point where you're like interfere like where 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 you're not happy for them to be happy. I right. guess that's the thing.
1: Exactly, yeah. How, how old is your sister?
0: Oh, my My little sister's six years younger than me. Okay. So uh, these days uh, she's 25. Okay. Uh, but, you know. Um, yeah,
1: of course. And you want to be protective and whatnot. But that you all want to be protective of her and, and hoping that she makes the best choices sure. isn't. It's a different thing from um, her, your not wanting her to no oh, i, 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 I yeah. want her
0: to experience life yeah. and did want her to experience life and she does experience life mm. in the best possible way mm. so it's not it's not that my protectiveness for her or any of my uh the children in my family who will get to that adolescent point at some point it's not that i want uh them to uh not have the joys that that adolescence and sexuality can bring mm. I just scared of the the, the negatives but I would never want to be yeah. in a position where I stopped them from like or suggested that their feelings were wrong or like not not you know that that's that's that mm. kind of weird controlling kind of patriarchal thing and I, I definitely think like my stepdad um he he definitely kind of when I was growing up, in my adolescence his kind of view was very much in a kind of keep like not I don't think he was thinking as as clearly as like keep keep his daughter young or like uh mm-hmm. child like not let that kind of element in but there was definitely that kind of sense of girls are nice pretty like <laughs> and boys are discussed. like it was like very much like like he hit me i guess a few times and stuff like that oh, um, whereas he didn't to her because it, it, and it's that kind of like he comes from a, an irish protestant mm. background where that's what his experience with him and his sister was that he him and his brother they were like to be disciplined but the, the girls had to be pretty and nice and pure i guess is the undersides that thing, isn't
1: Yeah, it? no, completely. Um, it's so it's so yeah. <laughs> I mean he kn- he,
0: kn- he you know he's a he's a really nice guy and he's he's actually apologised to me for his, oh, let's uh, see, that's good. for his past in a in a in a and again it was in a no uh, no strings attached kind of way of like I'm sorry for these things and
1: So it, 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 it comes down to you know they were trying to do the best. Yeah. they honestly were trying and I guess like Well he was
0: definitely like all his yeah. life he's tried to Escape that upbringing, but oh. it's very hard to escape upbringings as I've found myself, and so I can be quite sympathetic to him because I've, I find it hard to not be like my mother. Oh. Uh, and how is your mother? <laughs> what is she like? Um, well, um, my mother is uh has always tried to do the best for all of us, mm-hmm. and if she's listening, you know, she knows that she should know she doesn't always she doesn't realise whether she knows she should know I love her and that I respect her and stuff but that said she's quite she has at times been quite chaotic in terms of the house life not in work she's been able to keep herself together at work but there's a lot of shouting a lot of uh, kind of a cycle of uh, emotion that now she's better than she's ever been in her life you could say that her it's hard to say what's nature and what's n- nurture, isn't it? It's hard to say what's genetic and what's the result of her upbringing, slash, her husband's, because uh, she's not been treated well by people. Yeah. Um, and that, in turn, means that she hasn't always treated people well, you know.
1: Well, I find it interesting, I interesting, mean, given your background, a little bit that I know of about you, is that <laughs> all this has kind of. Um, sparked in you a need to one, I get the sense to take care of people, yeah. but then also a really intense
0: curiosity about others as well, yeah. so it's, it's, it's um, Oh, it has some great effects yeah. in, <laughs> in, in a complicated way Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right and, and I mean definitely yeah, I, taking care of people is a weird one, definitely in the family growing up, I was the one who was always trying to, like I got, I, I I liked everybody. Mm. I tried to like everybody, anyway. And so I was always trying to get people to get on. Mm. Everyone's life became a much easier, I think, once I stopped trying to get everyone to get on. Because, you know, like, that doesn't make anyone's life better, does it, really? Like, when you're trying to force things to happen that that aren't going to naturally happen.
1: That's very interesting, yeah. Yeah. That's a good, like, that, that you should maybe have a character... Like that in a play at some point. Well, yeah, that's an
0: interesting kind of. It's a it's it's an it's a weird thing, to, and I mean that's the other thing is that I I realized after a while that, you know I was a catalyst for conflict like as well because everybody was trying to, everybody wanted my time and so everybody would be fighting Mm. each other, to for my kind of approval or something. It's very weird, Mm. Uh, the the way that, families kind of. Engage us. You yeah,
1: know. the dynamic. Yeah, I definitely felt very familyless with it for a very long time. It's kind of funny. Um, well, I mean, of course, I have a family, but it's it's. It, I'm very jealous of some people where you look at it and it seems like even with all the dramas, they have a bit of a center.
0: Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it can be. Like my mom didn't talk to her uh her mother for years mm. um and she always says to me I'll understand if you don't want to talk to me for years you know oh god um she's you know in many ways she's a brilliant like she has moments of very clear self awareness but mm. they are not constant they're not consistent oh gosh um but 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 she's certainly a, a very fair person and she doesn't have like mm she doesn't have expectations of us in in some ways which is quite liberating like she's yeah. always been like whatever you want to do whatever you want to be whoever yeah. you are so there there are strengths to the yeah. to the to the complications that she's given my life it's
1: I'm funny not. you're saying that it just kind of remind me of something the last time I saw my mom but um um which is why um, um Dave can see my eyes are getting yeah teary. I, I noticed that uh, sorry I,
0: so um I didn't want to oh no no it's it it it's, qu- it's, it's quite it. all
1: right don't worry um so my big joke about my mother is that um she would be um if I were to say you know mom I think I'm going to change careers and I'm going to become a prostitute, that she would run out and say, well, you just go out there and you become the best crack whore you could be. <laughs> She's always been very kind of like, you know, you whatever you want to do. But um, when I was at the, the Reno airport when she dropped me off, and um, before you know she went to leave, we, we'd had lunch, and she just kind of gave me a big hug and she just, I can't remember exactly what she said, but just something along the lines of, you know, just thank you so much for loving me, even though I'm a pain in the ass. That's not what she said, but that's kind of, you know, and, and then she got me all for a clumped in the the, um, the airport right there. It was just, it was such a lovely, sweet thing where she was sort of, you know, just, because, and then she also, because at that point, it had been two years since I'd seen her. She'd, um, she'd come out to uh, see me for my 40th. So, um, yeah, sorry, that's I wasn't expecting. A, that's <laughs> okay, and I'm sorry, yeah, too. No, 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 prevented. it's quite, no, okay. <laughs> um, my big joke is I cry at a home run car commercial, so <laughs> I'm very uh, quick to laugh and cry, which is a good and bad thing.
0: That's a good thing. I'm, I'm quite quick to to laugh and cry. Well, that's good. Uh, well, which I'm is not unusual not. for men, yeah. No,
1: well, no, I think a lot of men do, and they just have to, and I, it's bad to have to push it down and hide it. We all ought to be, you know, sitting and, you know, have you seen the film Up? yeah were you able to get through the first 15 no, minutes without sobbing no, oh no, my god I was
0: crying all the way yeah. I, I
1: stupidly and this, I'd seen it a couple of times on the plane back to America for Christmas I, I, I put it on and I'm sitting there in the plane you know sobbing <laughs> which is embarrassing to cry on a plane
0: oh yeah but yeah I do yeah there's a number of films that yeah I can't I can't sit through without, without mm. crying what, what's some of yours um I guess it's people are, people are, people will knock me for if I don't care uh Dead Poet Society always makes oh, me cry. that's a lovely film. I know, but it makes me cry like a lot all the way through the uh, film.
1: What is it? Do you think it's like the father family thing, like the pressure and the
0: maybe it's the whole yeah the pressure and you know the the, the 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 I don't want to spoil it necessarily, but the the the, the outcome of the mm. Midsummer Night's Dream. Ah uh, yes. Uh, for those people that haven't seen it. Yeah. But but also like but but also just the stuff like just the standing on the tables the like the, mm. all the moments that make me cry often at times when somebody's doing something like against all a like yeah a, a,
1: a, being brave a and... statement
0: that yeah but 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 not being brave with success like <laughs> you know being brave without success yeah yeah yeah, okay, yeah. like spartacus makes me cry i still haven't side. seen that I uh, or to. like like yeah anything where people are standing up for somebody, mm. anything where it's like a family, a community, a sense of like mm. we are doing something for someone, despite the fact that it might not work out. That's mm. like my my classic. That's huge. No, that's yeah. awesome.
1: I mean, so often, and you know, you think about those situations where you think, well, I would I be brave enough to. Would I have been brave enough to stand up against Nazis? Would I have hidden Jews in my cellar?
0: God, you, know,
1: yeah. you know, you, you, you wonder, you, you ask yourself those questions. Yeah. You know, when <laughs> you deal with the petty politics at work, when you kind of, like, put your head down and not... And, you know, when you do raise your head and you get your head chopped off a bit, you kind of wonder, you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, it, I, I know what you mean. It's, it is very hard to work out what we, were, what we would do in when, when the pressure's yeah. on,
1: We like to think who you be, but... I
0: like to hope that I never have to find out. (laughs) (laughs) Because then I can keep believing that I might might do the right thing.
1: I'm really a good person, really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it has been a a pleasure getting better acquainted with you. And the hour uh, has flown by, which is... I mean, I'm always surprised at how time can do that. Mm. Uh, So many of these conversations I have, I'm like but I feel like I've only been speaking for five minutes yeah time Um, being relative yeah but the last question that I ask people is do you have anything to plug which is a weird one but sometimes people get like more general about like what their thoughts on life are and sometimes they don't yeah. so I'm, I, oh, I feel like giving everyone the opportunity so to oh, tell people that some people have done that
1: so to plug <laughs> this is kind of like the bit when you people go on the talk show where they get to talk about their movie yeah they can do that, <laughs> that
0: that's one of the ways people take the questions so.
1: yeah no I mean honestly I I guess plug um yeah. you know certainly like my you know, my playwriting hey anyone out there at theatres I have a great play um no um I guess for Spark, I think for people out there, right, you know, Spark is a really, really lovely thing and everyone I talk to I've been encouraging to go to it, even if you don't think that you want to get up and speak. It's a really lovely experience. Um I've never been to a bad night. Um and it's just there's been a, a lovely community there. So I would definitely encourage people to go out to that and also go out jive dancing yes. but if you are normal and you don't know how to dance please don't have your beer on the floor that would be my other thing I would say <laughs> do not dance with your beer on the floor
0: because <laughs> you kick over
1: well no if you did, it's really annoying so on the dance floor people often when they don't know how to dance and they're dancing with their beers in their hands and beer sloshing all over oh, and if you think about it, if you're being spun and turned and the floor gets all it gets, it gets scary sticky. well and not slippery. sticky like slippery and you could yeah. hurt yourself so yeah, so that would be my other thing. Okay, well, I think that's a, big, that's a
0: good rule of thumb, don't doubt you've got a drink in your hand. Yeah, yeah absolutely. There's I mean, this thing called physics. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I mean, like, I guess, oh, was I was going to say, there was something I was going to say, but maybe I'll. About be, Spark, maybe? Or? But, no uh, s- Yeah, I mean,. Uh, yeah, it's gone. Oh, Ahead sorry. No, I no, do no, that all the time. Not, it's not it's like, ah, it's come you. back.
1: Sometimes I go into this whole thing, like when you're talking about, you know this one actor, oh God, you know, she was married to that guy who was in that movie with <laughs> so-and-so and I have to go this whole, like, log charades yeah. of, of getting back to this one person. So Yeah, yeah
0: no, I mean, I'm quite familiar, I'm quite used to doing that because my dad does that a lot because, I mean, he's always done that. But he, now he's, like, my dad's 89 now and, mm. and so he thinks, like, it feels to him like he's doing it more because he's old and probably he is doing it a bit more because he's old but uh but he's always done it all his yeah. life and i i definitely get like uh yeah blank for yeah. names or whatever
1: it's interesting you're a father that's 89 because my grandparents like my one grandfather is 97 and my grandmother's are in their early 90s so he's a much older your yeah. father that, that is that's, true. That's a really interesting kind of dynamic.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, my dad was 58 when I was born. Wow. Okay. Uh, and so I've got older sisters and a younger sister. They're all half... It's very complicated. Yeah. Like, like yeah. having a complicated family, I mean, in a way, it's, like, one of the things that's, like, the backbone of, of this show is that because my family is so complicated, there's a, a quite a good family kind of saga going mm. through it of quite complicated relations with each other, which... Thanks for it. But I also think having a family uh, that is quite fragmented has meant that I'm quite kind of like more inclined to be interested in lots of different people's points of view. Cause of course. Because I've always yeah. had so many different people's points of view yeah. in my household. Or you've
1: had to, like if you had to put on different hats yeah I guess
0: so I mean definitely there's definitely and there's members of my family that definitely see me completely differently from each other because they've seen different sides of my childhood or different mm. parts of my life you know to some members of the family I'll always be the child and other members of the family I'll be I'm like mm. an older figure and so, isn't that interesting
1: interesting as well when you meet certain people and they meet they put you into whatever role they, they put you as you're 12 rather than dealing with you now yeah and that's
0: always yeah, fun sure that is fun <laughs> And it's amazing. I don't. Know, I don't think there's an age that you get to where they stop doing that mm. as well. Like I think there's 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 never an age where you get to where people who don't remember you from a different time won't yeah. treat you that way, which is the joy and the frustration of, <laughs> of family and friends, close well, indeed, close yeah. friends who knew you when, when you were young. That's always. But the the other thing is that you revert to that age. Mm, you uh, do. Know if you, you know. I I I just this week I put out um, some conversations with people I went to school with and. I cringe just to hear who I become when I like talk to them. Not that I, oh, I'm not judging, me. I'm not judging them and I'm not really ju- I'm judging me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you ever,
1: what's, what's your, cause we all have like our inner age. Do you have an inner age? Like you like, what, how old oh, man, are you? People
0: with? talk about that. Um, what age do you think? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, I don't want to say, like, because I don't want to be any of the ages I was, because I don't want to be, like, trapped in that dynamic. Like, I don't want to say 17, because I was, like, a mess when I was 17. Right. In some ways, but in other ways, I, you know, I thought I wrote, I thought I was the best thing in the world. (laughs) Um, And, like, when I was a child, like, young child, I guess, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe like eight or something. Maybe that's like, yeah, I know that's weird to say. Or, like, maybe. Or well, maybe thirty, so I have eight
1: yeah. or thirty. Yeah, there you go. Eight or thirty.
0: Like before things went bad was eight. Aww. Um and when I started to like have a kind of real good perspective I feel about who I am was mm. about thirty. So so yeah, like
1: Yeah. There's this interesting I remember one of my playback teachers talking about um uh raising the sun, um when oh gosh oh, what's his name? Who played the lead in on Broadway, famous black actor, um
0: Sidney Poitier. Poitier, so
1: apparently Sidney Poitier, um, my character, uh, my, my, my playwriting teacher said that, the, that Poitier, as he was playing the character, was always kind of leaning and was, was always kind of like, whatever, at the very end of the play, he said that he kind of like, physica- his physicality changed, and he stood on his two feet, balanced, and, and, and at the very end was, okay, I, he kind of found that kind of control or whatnot. Um, it's, it's interesting when, you, when in your own life, we we're always kind of trying to look for standing on our own two feet yeah. and being okay no matter how bad things are around us and you know that strength you get from your own inner
0: yeah core no it's 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 funny as well because sometimes you find that you are standing on your own two feet and you didn't realize that you hadn't been for mm. so long mm. and then you're like oh i see this is who i am mm. I wasn't me for a while and, and yeah. it is really interesting to look back and work out. Yeah how that works I mean that's been one of the joys of doing this project it's just, and and hitting 30 and all yeah. that stuff is being able to sort of have some perspective on things that I didn't even know I needed perspective on well
1: that's interesting yeah has been yeah. really interesting that's with the dancing I kind of found that yeah Yeah, which is interesting I'm being spun about I'm, I'm, I'm fine balance well I think <laughs> yeah no
0: that's and that's a good point sometimes it really does have to be something like physical like sometimes mm. it's, not, it's like so much of us like we always think it's going to be something like mental it's always going to be like a psychological breakthrough, but actually, sometimes it can be as simple as just going. I like listening to music. Mm. I'm going to listen to more music, you know, whatever, whatever it is. For that yeah, person. yeah. Well, uh, that's a that's a that's been a nice plugging section. I think there's been some nice uh, plug plugs about like what it is to to be a person as well. It, as as there's some specifics in there, which is which is nice. I mean, it's I've, I find it really like it's that question is such a weird question it does does definitely throw people but like Mm. since so many people have been sort of drawing it out into something a bit more like their message to the world uh it's Mm. been interesting to try and try and bring that out uh from such a unit utilitarian question yeah
1: i know it's a hard it's interesting isn't it (laughs) it's like who am i oh god (laughs)
0: I know that, what do I want to leave exactly, the world that's oh, the fuck. last thing you want to ask them. Like, that's why I never had Like I never sort of decided oh I'm going to have as my main question what ultimately is your absolute message to the rest of the world Like who would do that um, but anyway <laughs> um, yeah so the last thing I ask people to do is to say goodbye to the audience
1: bye everyone thank you so much for listening
0: bye So after we finished this recording, the conversation continued to flow, and it was a really great conversation, I felt, uh, afterwards, as well as the one that was recorded, which is really often the way that it goes. I was going to include a story that Nicole told, but unfortunately it couldn't be tracked down in time to get it out for the deadline. So... I'm afraid I can't include that but what I can tell you is if you would like to hear Nicole telling a true story you can check out the story we were talking about in the episode over on Spark London but you can also come to the Hackney Attic on Friday the 17th of January and join Nicole and me Helen Zoltzman. Jay Foreman, Rosie Wilby, Emily Capel, so many really great performers exploring the idea of tragic beginnings. We're starting 2014 with a night of tragic variety where you'll cry until you laugh and laugh until you cry. Check it out on Facebook, actually. That's probably the best place to get all of the information. There's an event over there with a link to the tickets. So have a look for Tragic Beginnings on Facebook. And come and join us at The Hackney Attic, 7.30 on Friday, the 17th of January. You can find Getting Better Acquainted on Twitter, at GBA Podcast. You can find it on Facebook, it's Getting Better Acquainted. Have a search on Facebook and like it. Or you can find it on the website, www.gettingbetteracquainted.co.uk. You can also subscribe... By searching on iTunes and subscribing to us that way. And on the Stitcher Smart Radio app that you can download for your smartphone from stitcher.com or through the App Store. There are lots of ways to get better acquainted.